You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. We are going around the the Locked On Network, grabbing some of the great hosts as we often do early in the week. And before I get into that, I just want to tell you a little couple little cleaning notes here that now you can get the Locked On NFL as well as all the Locked On podcasts on the on the podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And I, and I need you to do one other thing for me too. Not only use Himalaya, but when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. Or Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Raiders. Q Myers, what is up, my man? What's going on? I'm excited, man. Uh, thanks for having me back on the show. The last time I was on, I think the Raiders had just taken a pretty bad L. and uh, But it was still a fun show, so I'm glad that at least there's not a game to talk about right now. Well, there's a lot to talk about, though. I mean, I yes, planned sir. on doing three hosts, three different segments. But as I was dialing you up, I'm like, how on earth can I talk the Raiders in one segment in eight to ten minutes or whatever? Like, that's an impossibility right now, my man. No, it really is. And I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, you know, we do traditionally, what, 23 to 28 minute shows on the daily for our podcast. Yeah. And it's very difficult for me to get it all in in 30 minutes. So, <laughs> Oh, I bet. <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from. One segment's going to re- really be tough. Well, my Steelers sent you... An all-time great Steeler, whether people around here want to realize it or not, and Antonio Brown. And that got the ball rolling with an amazing offseason for the Raiders. Tell me what you think about the A-B's move, first and foremost. You know, I was very skeptical about it when all the talk was, hey, A-B's going to be moved, and what's Pittsburgh going to want? They're probably going to want a one in return. Yeah. And, of course, the, the usual suspects are, well, trade them to the Raiders. They have three first-round draft picks. Why wouldn't they want to <laughs> give that up? You know what I mean? So I was very, very skeptical about a guy that's going on 31 years old. Obviously, we know the kind of issues that were going on in Pittsburgh, but we don't know all the backstory. But as it all played out and and as Mike Mayock and John Gruden were able to hustle hustle A.B. for a third and a fifth, I was fine with it. I was fine. I was ecstatic. If I could have done a backflip, I would have, but I probably would have torn something. So I didn't do that. But, man, I'm telling you, uh, that's a really good move for John Gruden in this offense. It's a really good weapon, as you know, for Derek Carr. And uh, now it's like, okay, if you can't get it done now, and you still – now you have weapons around your guy, and you feel like you have an offensive guru in John Gruden who can really get this thing humming, then maybe this is not the right direction. So that's a really good start. I'm very excited about Antonio Brown. Yeah, you, you touched on a lot of things there that I have on my list to discuss. And one of them is – is Gruden. I thought Gruden finished the season very strong and got his feet under him. And I thought this team played hard and he showed that the game has not passed him by or that he no longer, you know, he still knows how to design offenses. Yeah, he does. You know, and I do agree with you. He did finish off the season pretty strong and you could see the offense clicking and getting better. And obviously there's still a lot of areas of improvement, but it kind of feel like he was in a in a heavyweight fight and he was just feeling everybody out early on in the season. You know, just kind of a jab here, a jab here, a jab here. OK, now I know where my distance is. Boom. Here's a home run punch I could come with. You know, what I mean, so yeah. it was something like that. It, it was he wasn't just diving in you know, immediately into the deep end. He kind of was feeling the waters out, just getting getting acclimated to it and then say, okay, this is what this guy does really well. This is how I can take advantage of this guy. You know what I mean? It just it was a feeling out process, and unfortunately, Raider fans had to deal with it. It ult- ultimately ended in a 4-12 and season. A lot of things went bad, but there was some bright spots, especially towards the end. 
Yeah, definitely. And I thought he did a great job of scheming up Jared Cook, who to me was clearly the best receiving weapon in this offense. And Cook just signed with the Saints, and I don't know that he was ever linked to coming back to Oakland. But now, including Brown, obviously, and Tyrell Williams, there's a lot more weaponry here and some complementary pieces, too. No, there really is. And the thing about it is these guys are all being handpicked by either John Gruden and Mike Mayock or a combination of the both. And that's what's good about it because John Gruden knows what he wants to do with these guys. You know, it's not guys that are already on the roster and he has to figure out what they do really well. He knows what these guys are doing really well. They've scouted them. Uh, Jared Cook was a really nice piece for Derek Carr. They had a really good chemistry going. It would have been nice to see him come back. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you know how the league is. You have that one opportunity to get that big contract. And so after having a career year like he did in Oakland, you knew he was going to go sign somewhere for some pretty big money. And sure. ultimately, I haven't seen the numbers on Jared Cook, but I believe that it was probably a pretty good deal for him. I mean, it's going to be his last big contract uh, availability. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's a loss. But, again, there's a lot of different pieces that are there around Derek Carr, including running backs, including wide receivers. You know, there's, there's multiple guys. There's a couple tight ends on the roster Gruden likes right now. You know what I mean? There's, there's different, different weapons, so there really should be no excuse why the offense doesn't click. No, let's stick with that, too. And I think there's a chance that with one of those four picks in, what, the top 36 or so, they yeah, might – Yeah, okay. They might grab – Jacobs, the top back from Alabama. I mean, do you see that as being a fifty uh, percent chance? You think there's any chance that happens? I do think there's a chance on yeah. that. I think really the the um, you know the kind of the asterisk on that is what is Marshawn Lynch going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I think that a lot of Raiders. Uh, I think the front office is waiting for him to make his decision on if he's going to return in 2019. And look, I like Marshawn Lynch a lot. I love what he's done for the Raiders. But if he chose to stay at home and say, you know what, I fulfilled my childhood dream already, I'd be okay with that. I absolutely would be okay with that. I like Josh Jacobs a lot. I would love to see them grab him at 27 if he's available and and just be that multi-use running back. And the thing about it is a lot of the knocks on him coming out of school, it blows my mind. They say that he hasn't carried the ball enough. He doesn't have enough production. He hasn't, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, he hasn't right, right. touched the ball enough. That's usually the negative on Alabama running backs. They've touched the ball too They're much. They're all beat up, right. <laughs> so <laughs> right. you're getting a guy that's fresh. What's wrong with that? I would love to see Josh Jacobs rocking the silver and black at number 27 in the first round. That would be great. Yeah, how'd that work out for Kamara? He didn't touch the ball enough at Tennessee. Come on. Exactly. I mean, right. It that's wasn't like he was want. in Akron, man. I mean, he, he were competing with some pretty good backs at Alabama. Yes. Uh, I, exactly. I don't get it. Um Sticking with the offense, I do think they will add a running back. And by the way, I thought Lynch ran really well last year. I couldn't believe how well Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch played at their age last year. Yeah, no, I agree. And unfortunately, Marshawn went down with that uh, that groin injury, and it kept him out the rest of the season. But even towards the end of the 2017 season, he was running really strong. He looked really good, really fresh and young. And, you know, and again, I, I like him a lot. I like what he brings to the table. But I know at some point it's going to be life after Marshawn Lynch. You know what I mean? So that is why I kind of want to see this team start to turn the corner. And, yeah, Antonio Brown's a little bit older, but that dude, I have no question in my mind, not only will he play the next three years and be on a very high level, he may be looking at five years. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. with the work ethic that that dude has, I'm not going to ever question him. So I'm excited about a guy like that. But I know that at some point, life after Marshawn Lynch is going to have to come up. And at some point, I'd love to see somebody step up and be ready to take that role. Yeah, and even if Lynch does return, he'd be great in the room for a guy like Jacobs or a second-round yep. pick. Or, you know, I mean, good influence for sure. Um, one more question about the offense. Then we're going to take a break, and I'm going to talk Carr and the draft. Um, maybe I missed it. I mean, they just gave Trent Brown the most money in offensive line history. He was a left tackle for the Patriots. I thought he was even better on the right side for the Niners. 
If it were me, I think I would leave Colton Miller on the at left tackle and put Brown at right tackle, but they just paid him like a left tackle. Did that you know how that's shaping up or did I just miss it? Do you know who's gonna be on the left and right side? No, but you know what? This is that's a great uh, conversation piece. Yeah. yeah, it's been so interesting and I agree that he did a really good job on the right side, and I think this is just my gut feeling that I think he's going to end up being on the right side. And mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of money for a right tackle. I think it's left tackle money. Anymore. But, <laughs> right. Right. right, it doesn't really matter when you look at the AFC West. Who do you have coming off the right? You have Von Miller coming off the right. Mm-hmm. You have Joey Bosa, Bosa right. coming off the right. You know what I mean? You have Melvin Ingram. I mean, all these kind of guys you got coming off the right. So in the AFC West, it's almost pick your poison. So if you could just have five solid guys on the offensive line i think that's better than saying this is going to be your position this is your position the thing about trent brown he's very versatile you know yes. what i mean he did he did the right tackle position in san francisco went to and played left tackle with the patriots won a ring was really good in the playoffs i mean he had an okay season but in this in the playoff run man he was money so i mean he's he's got the versatility where he could say i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna either go here whatever put plug and play the only problem i have with the offensive line is still the coach, Tom Cable. I do yeah, not believe in Tom Cable, and he it. is my one issue. He's my one problem that I have with that offensive line. Yeah, I, I don't blame you one bit. And this is my last offensive line note. I know you gave Brown tons of money, but I would just do whatever Colton Miller was more comfortable with. Don't move the kid around. Whatever. If he's on the left, if he wants to play on the left side, put him on the left side. You know what I mean? Exactly right. Exactly right. And John Gruden said that he sees him being a Pro Bowl left tackle at some point. There's a reason why you moved Donald Penn over to the right side uh, mm-hmm. last season because he was already taking those reps at the left tackle and he didn't want to mess with his mind and, and mess up with the growth that he already had. So I'm fine with him staying at the left tackle position as long as he doesn't become a, a liability, you know, and is setting Derek Carr up for failure. But if he's if he's holding it down in a decent way, I would have no problem putting Trent on the right side because that has been a turnstile for years. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I think, we, I think we're viewing that the same way. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to talk about Carr specifically and certainly a little bit of draft talk with Q here in a moment. All right, we are back. Here's two questions for you about Carr. What are your thoughts on him? What do you think Gruden's thoughts are on him? Well, unlike a lot of Raider Nation, I believe that Derek Carr is the guy that can get it done. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I do believe that John Gruden uh, is genuinely a big fan of Derek Carr, and I do believe that that's part of the reason why he returned, is that he saw the potential in Derek Carr and figured he can really turn him into a really, really good quarterback. Obviously, 2016 was an awesome year, but it was the only year that we really saw Derek Carr take his game to a whole nother level. So all of Raider Nation wants to see him get back to that level, that potential MVP type level. And I think this is going to be the year that he's going to have to prove that. I know that John Gruden, I feel like John Gruden is a big fan of his, but at the same time, it's about production. It's about winning games. It's about getting it done. So I think 2019 is the year that that Derek Carr is being given to show that he is the guy, that he is going to be the franchise quarterback when they get to Vegas in 2020. And there's weapons around him. So again, like we mentioned in, in the first segment, there there should be no excuses. Now is your time. Put up or shut up. He did really good under uh, under Bill Musgrave in his second year, and that was 2016. Uh, he had Bill Musgrave for the second year in the as offensive coordinator. That's when he flourished. Now this will be the second year in John Gruden's system. Now he's got to take what he learned in 2018 and take it to a whole nother level in, ni- in 2019. Yeah, I think that's well said. And, and I'm a believer as well. I think it's pretty clear. Like, I don't think you need to be an expert to realize that protection is more important to Carr than it is to some of the other starters out there, or most of the other starters out there. And a lot of people, when I say that, say, well, then he shouldn't be your starter. Well, everybody has issues. I mean, he, he needs to be protected. I mean, that's that's the key to getting him to be most productive. 
everyone has some sort of weakness, give or take. I mean, not Rogers, but basically everyone. That it's good GMing, it's good team building to build around whatever those weaknesses are. And I thought McKenzie did that really, really well. Spent a ton of money on offensive line. And even, you know, last draft, we talked about last segment. I mean, they're spending money on offensive tackles, which makes me think they know who Carr is and they're building accordingly. Exactly right. They know exactly what he needs to be a really good quarterback, and they know what he needs to to take this team and, and win a bunch of games, similar to what he did in 2016. And you got to get the the scheme right. You got to get the, that offensive line right. And you're right. Reggie McKenzie did a great job when he uh, brought in Kalechi Osemele, had Gabe Jackson on the line, obviously Hudson, Rodney Hudson. Yeah, right. I mean, they had a really good offensive line, and the only problem was the right tackle position was never really solidified by anybody. So. You know, if they can get a solid five, not a solid four and a half, I mean, that that could be Go long really way. good. Yeah. But again, Tom Cable's got to take those weapons and those <laughs> offensive right, linemen right. and really use them to his best of his ability because it's even in Seattle, he wasn't that good, you know, no. and Russell Wilson was running for his life. And then as soon as he leaves Seattle, you see how good that offensive line is. Yeah, I, I urge everyone to go to drafthistory.com, pull up the Seahawks drafts, not this past year, but while Cable was there, People thought, boy, that line's terrible. Every year they used a second-round pick, a third-round pick. I mean, they put a lot of resources into the offensive line, and it just was not developed well. So don't tell me that they they just ignored it and just had Russell Wilson run around. That was not the case at all. Um, I guess I bet you agree, just by your tone, I bet you agree with me, though, that if this is another 3-13, 4-12 year in car – is a middling player, a struggling player, that leash is going to be pretty short after this season. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, 2019, again, is going to be the prove-it year. I think if he cannot get back to the form that he was in 2016, when, again, he was in the conversations for MVP until he tragically broke his leg on uh, December 24th, 2016, at the Oakland Coliseum against the Colts. Yeah, I was at that game, so I remember it. Uh, yeah, that sounds if, like uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it was yesterday. But if, if it was... If it was, if he can't get back to that form, then I see John Gruden and Mike Mayock trying to put him out on the trade block and try to to move on from him and and bring in a guy. You see that over the weekend they signed Mike Glennon mm-hmm. a, as a backup. That could be a guy that could be a placeholder for a little while if necessary, if need be. I don't like Mike Glennon as a quarterback, but I know he's a veteran and maybe he can he can kind of bridge a gap between a maybe a Tua that they can draft in 2020. That's been a name I've suggested a few times. I just like his pedigree. I just like he, he feels like a winner. Uh, you know, and then obviously this year coming up in the draft, Kyler Murray's that name is still the that's still the the lightning rod. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I hear you. I really think the Cardinals' interest is real though, and that they're going to take him, and they're not going to field offers, and they'll trade Rosen. And I can totally understand that. I think he's a special player, and even if Gruden and Mayock are infatuated with him, I don't think that's something they can get done unless they just totally gave him the farm, which would doesn't make sense to me with Car and Toe. No, no, and again, with having three first-round draft picks and four in the top 35, uh, I, I wouldn't want to give up any of those anyway, you know, just yeah, to yeah. move up for a guy that you just don't know, and everyone's infatuated with him because, well, he's a winner, he's won at every single level, and then obviously Baker Mayfield did some great things in Cleveland in 2018, and then Patrick Mahomes did obviously some huge things in Kansas City, but he's not really Baker Mayfield, he's definitely not Patrick Mahomes, but he is Kyler Murray, you know, and so he's a guy that is going to be at the tip of the tongue, he's going to be a guy that's going to be talked about until the Cardinals draft him at number one, and I do believe that they're going to draft him at number one, but boy, it's going to be a conversation piece. Yeah, it's definitely a lightning rod, you're right. Um Last note on that, though, too, is I think Gruden's history 
Brad Johnson. I mean, he's had more statuesque type pocket yep. passers, old school guys. Yeah, Rich Gannon could run around for sure. And I don't think Gruden would look at Murray and say, boy, I don't know how to use his legs or that Murray's bad from the pocket. But signing Mike Glennon also kind of is an indicator to me of what they're looking for at the position. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Again, you, get, you said it. A guy that can stand in the pocket, a guy that could deliver the ball. I, I do think the one thing that Derek Carr needs to do, and he, and I don't know what it's going to take to get him to do it, is keep some players alive with his feet. Mm-hmm. And that's what Rich Gannon did. You know what I mean? No Rich doubt. Rich Gannon kept things alive. He saw some plays and said, hey, I can go pick up a first down just by running it. Let me go do that. That's what Derek Carr needs to incorporate into his game. He can make all the throws. Absolutely can. He can lead this team down the field quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, has a lot of comeback from behind, come from behind victories, but he's got to be able to keep things alive, keep plays alive with his feet. And that's something he hasn't done since, like I said, 2016. No, you're right. Um, Q, last thing I think we have to talk about is a little bit of the draft. Do you have a favorite quarterback aside pick for that number four spot? Yes. Yes, I do. And it's not because his name is Q, but Quinnen Williams Ooh, yeah. out of Alabama. Quinnen Williams Could to happen. me. Is, is Man, he is a dog. I believe he's the best player in the draft period, and I would love to see him fall to the Raiders at number four. I'm skeptical that it's going to happen, but I, I would love to see him. That is option A for me in the draft. Yeah, I think it goes Murray, Bosa, and then the Jets entertain offers. And ma- I mean, f- perfect for you guys would be Haskins falls there somehow or, you know, uh, one of the other edge guys possibly. So I think Q could fall to four, but he might be the best player in the draft. You know, I mean, who's your yep. consolation prize if he goes to three? Well, I have I have uh, Quentin Williams is the first guy I would like to see them grab. After that, I would love to, for them to go up and grab uh, Devin White at linebacker out mm. of LSU. I would love to see that because the Raiders have not had a real deal sideline to sideline play all three down linebacker in years. I mean, in years. They have not had that alpha dog that could be the, the general of the defense for so long. Uh, I would love to see that. I know that Paul Gunther's system doesn't really require uh, a high draft pick draft pick linebacker. I realize that. But still, I think Devin White is a special talent. And then uh, my, my third option there is Josh Allen out of Kentucky. And the only reason he's at number three is because I'm just not sure how his production is going to be on the next level. I'm not really sure what his position is actually going to be specified as on the next level because he, to me, feels like a little bit of a tweener. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. And and Gunther historically had Carlos Dunlap and Johnson, like big defensive end, 280-pound right. long-arm 4-3 guys. Um, that being said, though, I did a mock on Friday, Q, and I, I went Allen at 4, just thought he was too good to pass up because Williams and Bosa were gone. Okay. And then I went with the last two picks. I took Jacobs, the running back, because it was right in front of the Eagles. And then I took Jeffrey Simmons. I thought he'd be a great guy to redshirt for this team. Yeah, he would. And he'd have been a top 15 talent if he yeah. hadn't torn his ACL. You know what I mean? He he could be a real sleeper. And sometimes you got to do that. You know, you all the fans... three, three first-round picks. You're probably not going exactly. to Super Bowl this year. Perfect spot it, for me. Exactly. It kind of gives you a, okay, this is our out. This is going to be our guy that we can redshirt, let him get healthy. And, boy, when we have him, he's going to be such a, a great weapon for the team, for the defense. I could totally see that happening, and I'd be 100% on board with that. That and, mock was really good. And you maybe even get him at the top of the second round. I mean, who Exactly. Knows? Right. Exactly. But I would think probably three of those four first picks are going to be on defense, maybe four of them. 
Yeah, I think that there'll be maybe a tight end. You mentioned yeah. Jared Cook going to the Saints. I think there's a possibility that they go and grab a tight end early, maybe a, a Noah Fant or a TJ Hawkinson, one of those two guys out of Iowa. Even of course, Earl they have Smith, that's one of the last two picks, maybe. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So there's some guys that could be had. So it just depends on really how the board falls. I feel like this draft, and I've said it so many times, is the most important draft in the history of the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, you're probably right. Q, we're going to have to talk again because I can keep going and going, but i got to wrap this thing up. Besides Locked on Raiders, which everyone should be subscribing to anyways, where else can they find you? Well, on Twitter, at your boy Q254 all the time. Uh, you can hit me up anytime. I'll, I'll always respond. And then uh, also radio show uh, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, it's KRZI ESPN Central Texas. I do a radio show from noon to 3 every day Central Time. Very, very cool. Uh, folks, that's a wrap. We will be back here. That's not a wrap. We will be back here in a moment with the final segment. That is a wrap with Q. Q, you're the man. Thanks again. Hey, man, appreciate you. Anytime you call, you need me, I got you. Sounds good. All right, we are back. And I was planning on lining up some other folks from the Locked On Network, but Q and I got pretty long there, and we easily could have just done three segments, and maybe that would have been the best thing to do. Who knows? But maybe I'll get somebody else on uh, for later in the week. But I got Joe Marino joining me on Tuesday. Then we got Mark. Then we got Mike. And then we got Friday open. So... This was a good show with the Raiders, and I just wanted to close things out here with a little bit of Jets talk. Like, there's two prominent rumors, headlines surrounding the Jets right now. Actually, there's kind of three. Is Darren Lee's on the trading block. I don't think that's news. I've brought that subject up around Steeler Nation quite a bit. I think he's worth taking a risk on, maybe a fifth-round pick. He's not the most instinctive, but he's athletic. There's not a spot for him anymore. So I could understand that. Um, the new, I mean, the kind of conflicting reports of the two that I'm talking about is it sounds as though the Jets are very interested in Allen, the edge player. And I could see that. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. He'd be a good fit. And they're also very open to trading out of number three. So... I think it's probably safe to say that Josh Allen will be there at three. And I absolutely think Kyler Murray goes one. And I don't, I mean, yeah, the Niners might listen to offers at two. But I think you just grab Bosa. And maybe even deal Solomon Thomas. You know, that you line up Bosa and D Ford as your edge guys with Armstead and Buckner on the inside on passing downs. That's pretty that's, that's a gift, getting him there. Not to say he's even a great, you know, much better prospect than Quinnen. Or, um, t- to me, Quinnen and Bosa are the, are the better prospects. Like we talked to Q, in, if I'm the Raiders, those are the two guys I would want. That's not a knock on Allen at all. And I could see the Jets having extreme interest in him, which, again, sets up pretty darn well for the Raiders. You know, that, boy, if, if it would go Kyler, Bosa, Allen... I think you run up to the podium to get Quinn and Williams. And the one note we didn't make with Q was mentioned how it's a Bengals-like defense being installed, or you know, going back to last year, in Oakland, and that they want bigger ends, and Allen really isn't a scheme fit. But boy, Quinnen is. I mean, you talk about a bigger, maybe better, but I mean, certainly better prospect than Geno Atkins. I mean, that's exactly what they would want. And I wonder if you're the Raiders... 
is it worth a third round pick to go from four to three? You know what I mean? Just to make sure you get Quinn in. Because to me, if I'm Oakland, again, this is harping off the conversation we had. Allen's fine. Great. I need edge pass rush. I mean, he's a fine prospect. He's versatile. Probably fits what the Jets are doing better than what Oakland's doing. But I really want to make sure I get Q and I have the extra picks. Give me Quinnen. Yeah, maybe I'll give you something just to move down one and or move up one. And then the Jets sit there at four and they're still open for business for somebody that wants Allen or I would think more likely Haskins. You know, that um, you hear mixed things about Haskins. But I've been saying all along, guys, it wouldn't shock me if he goes two. So... I would think if somebody wants to move to three to get to the jet spot, it's probably for Haskins. Maybe it's for Quinnen. He's that good a prospect. I mean, usually people don't trade up five, ten spots in the first round for a defensive prospect. But I kind of like that, you know, where the Jets sit there. You know, that I would talk to the Raiders. All right, give me a fifth-round pick or whatever. Give me a fourth, give me a fourth, and we'll swap three and four. I'm still open for business with the exact same agenda, although Quinn and Williams would look pretty good in New York too. I mean, so if they if they look at those guys as the same, and the key here with the Jets, I should have probably mentioned earlier in the segment, is they're light on picks after going trading up for Darnold, which of course worked out. They're not regretting that, but it'd be nice to have more picks at the top of the draft, and if that means moving from three to ten or three to seven or three to four to eight or whatever, you know what I mean. I think that makes a lot of sense for New York to get three or four things, added linemen, add two or three pieces on defense as opposed to one big, big dog, you know what I mean? Um, help that help the defensive front. Certainly would like to get one more offensive lineman with a top two round type of pick. But again, the more I think about the Raiders, the more I have that conversation with Q earlier, I really want to get Quinn and Williams. And if it costs me a little more than I should just to assure me to get that, I'm all in. So I like where the Jets sit. I like where the Raiders sit in that regard, too. Because, okay, if it, maybe it does cost me a three or four or something like that just to move up one spot. But that is a foundational defensive backbone guy that would make a lot of sense. So, again, I've been doing this a long time. We shouldn't jump to the conclusion that we know what's going to happen at one and two. But it seems to make a lot of sense, which then all of a sudden makes the Jets the team to watch. Um and again, yeah, they might just love Quinn and Williams. He's that good, and I'd have no problem jumping on that. And that's probably the pick I would make there, even though they say they like Allen. And I don't believe anything that anybody says at this point. But I, that would make me sad if I'm the Raiders. You know, you know what I mean? So Jets at four, Raiders at five are really interesting. And I know people are saying the Giants aren't interested in Haskins. I think they're nuts. I mean, if Haskins gets to their pick... They got to pull that trigger. I mean, we've been talking Giants all week, but that's a great landing spot for a young quarterback. And really, they should be the ones calling a three to say, I'm going to move up four spots to get this guy. And again, I, I don't fault anyone if they don't like a certain quarterback, but man, that would be a good fit. So I like where the Jets are sitting here. Um, just an interesting little nugget. Just want to throw that out there. Um, so that's a wrap. We're going to put this out on Sunday night, get it to you a little earlier than usual for our Monday show. I think the next time we will talk will be with Joe Marino um, from the Draft Network. You know, he's one of the draft dudes. We're going to be talking off-the-ball linebackers, do a whole show on that. So that'll be Tuesday. 
And uh, thanks for tuning in. And again, remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, please tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on NFL. That does us more more favors than you can imagine. So, And I've also noticed the uh, the iTunes reviews are coming in well. Thank you very much for that. We are growing very fast. That is a wrap. Over and out.